0: Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This episode is part of our Minute CME curriculum. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements as well as the learning objectives.
1: This is CME on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. John Leonard from Wild Cornell Medicine and New York Presbyterian Hospital in New York. And here with me today is my colleague, also here at Wild Cornell and New York Presbyterian, Dr. Sarah Rutherford. So we'll start off with a question around the NCCN guidelines. That's the focus of this discussion. These have been updated in the beginning of 2023. So Dr. Rutherford, what changes are most clinically relevant for our audience to know about?
2: There's a notable change that in addition to RCHOP as the preferred regimen for diffuse large B cell lymphoma in stage two with extensive disease or stage three to four disease, we also now have another preferred regimen, which is vedotin plus RCHP. And that is specifically in patients with IPI of two or greater. And this is based on the Polarix trial, which was actually originally presented at the American Society of Hematology meeting back in 2021, which randomized patients with previously untreated diffuse large B-cell lymphoma who were 18 to 80 and IPI 2 to 5 with a performance status of 0 to 2 into two different groups. RCHOP times six cycles for every 21 days as is standardly given versus polatuzumab vedotin at 1.8 milligrams per kilogram plus RCHP times 6 cycles every 21 days. I do want to note that in this regimen, there were two additional cycles of rituximab given at the end for a total of eight. And so actually in this trial, it was found that the two-year progression-free survival of the polituzumab-based regimen was higher than that of RCHOP. It was a difference of about 6.5%. And so this is now a potential regimen to use in patients who are IPI 2 to 5 with newly diagnosed diffuse large b-cell lymphoma.
1: Yes, I think these are very interesting data, and I think it's interesting that they've been included in the NCCN guidelines, as we noted when we opened this discussion. Certainly, it is encouraging that there was a benefit with regard to the primary outcome of the study. And as we alluded to, this is really focused on issues around progression-free survival. And I think that that in the setting of an overall positive study, this is quite encouraging. And I think really something that will potentially impact our practice as we approach these patients. The fact that there's no overall survival benefit, I think does give a little bit of pause, although, you know, it's hard to know what's behind that and time will tell if that changes at all with additional follow-up. But I think if a patient had access to the drug through whatever mechanism. I think that this would certainly be a regimen that one would consider because certainly patients would want to reduce the chance or lower the chance of relapsing and having a progression event. And the fact that the tolerability profile was quite similar between the two arms, perhaps a little bit more in the way of febrile neutropenia in the polituzumab arm being one, I would say, modest difference. So overall, I think, as you alluded to, I think these are very interesting data and important data for people to think about in their practice. And obviously, I know that many individuals in our audience follow the NCCN guidelines. And so the fact that these findings are listed there is obviously relevant as you think about your patients. So thank you very much. This has been a quite brief, but I think great discussion of an important study. Our time is unfortunately now up. So thanks for listening.
0: You have been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Prova Education and is part of our Minute CME curriculum. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com Prova. Thank you for listening.